0: Welcome to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations with Nina Impala. Do you have questions about death? How about events surrounding death? Or perhaps you have questions that need to be answered after death? On this program, we talk frankly and openly about the subject and invite you to share your comments and experiences as well. Now, here is your host, Nina Impala. Well, hello,
1: everyone. I am... Very happy to be here today and welcome you to another episode of Inspiring End of Life Conversations. I've got the wonderful David Ditchfield here with me today. David is a near-death experiencer, inspired artist, composer, and author. He turned his life around following his NDE and wants to use his own spiritual journey to make a positive difference to people's lives. In 2006, he was dragged under a speeding train in a freak accident. As the surgeons fought to save him, he had a profound near-death experience. When he woke up in hospital, he had acquired astonishing new abilities. He found he could paint dramatic paintings of what he had seen in the afterlife, far beyond any artistic ability he he had had before. He then discovered he could compose classical music, having never received any formal training. To this day, he cannot read or write a single note of musical notation, and yet his debut, NDE-inspired symphony the divine light was premiered at a sellout orchestra concert to a standing ovation he has since composed further classical works which have also been premiered at sellout concert and completed over 40 paintings welcome david
2: Hi, Nina. <laughs> so glad How to you have doing?
1: you here today. I know that's a mouthful what I just read about you. <laughs> and,
2: and, I'll uh, have to shorten it next time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It, it's, it's it's all true and it's all beautiful. And you have such a brilliant message for all of us today. And we're going to talk about that. Um, there's Your bu- book is called Shine On and it has got your entire NDE there, everything you learned, all the beautiful people, and we are just going to dive in and talk about what this has been like for you. So, my friend, mm. tell us about that day, if you'd like to tell us about
2: it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay. Well, the day started for me uh, on a rail station in uh, in Cambridgeshire, in the UK, and I was seeing off a friend at the station, and I was helping her onto the onto the train with her bags. And I gave her a, a hug and a kiss to say goodbye. And we heard the emergency buzzers go on for the doors to close. So as I stepped back, and as I did, the bottom car, uh, part of my coat got caught in, in the automatic closing doors. It got trapped right in there, so I couldn't release it. Um, now, I tried everything. I, I looked around for a guard, and there wasn't one actually on the station uh, yeah. at all. And so I just kind of hit the sides of the glass and everything, and looked around, screamed at the top of my voice, you know, help, you know. But the, you. there was no help. So the engine started to rev up, and um, and then I just I remember looking into the eyes of my friend Anna, and I just saw fear in her eyes, and I felt yeah. it as well. And the train just started to pull out at tremendous speed, and I, it's amazing you don't realise just how fast they go. Um, when you're sat inside a train and you're on your mobile phone or whatever, you know. But when you're on the outside of one, believe you me, it's powerful. Fast. Yeah. <laughs> I heard those gears going through one by one, you know, and uh, I, I lost my footing, and then I got dragged along the platform, and then I got pulled between the space of the platform edge and where the train was travelling, and then I got sucked right in, and I went down beneath the wheels, and it was like being thrown into a, like a very dark machine and you know a very violent experience and you know and i didn't really know at that point whether i was going to survive and in fact i i thought this is it i'm going to die you know i thought i thought my time was up
1: that would have gone would have would have gone through my brain you know just (laughs) watching it you know i would have been this man can't live through this
2: yeah, well, that's it. Uh, I mean, it's it's a miracle I survived. I mean, I can tell you now that the rail police, the, the the UK rail police, who took a massive inquiry, took a year. Said at the end of their inquiries, they said, "Look, we've just shaken our heads. We still don't know how you survived this. We've yeah. done all, all our figures, and you should be dead." <laughs> so, yeah, something more powerful uh, than all of us saved me that day. So, yeah,
1: something did because you know what? What was amazing to me is what. Anna did on the train, your friend, she she got everybody praying for you. Mm. And and that, I guess, the way I always see prayer, David, is I always see it like a, a light moving. We can't see it, but I see it like a light moving. So, if you had all the people on the train praying for you, that that yeah. light enveloped you because… From what I read, there was kind of this weird sense of peace, slow motion thing that was going on for you, even though you were terrified. Is that
2: yeah. correct? Well, well, this happened uh, after the train had moved on. You know, I was, I was thrown around violently like a rag doll, you know, okay. and then I was finally thrown in between the, the, the rails of the train, of the track, sorry. And then the train finally moved on and it carried on into the countryside. And Anna ran through trying to find someone to stop it. And when they did stop, it was in the middle of nowhere. And she said that um, she turned around to this very crowded rail carriage and said, look, do you mind if we say, can we say a prayer? My friend's just gone under the train. And she said that it was amazing. All these commuters just put down their laptops, their newspapers and books, and everyone prayed. And you know what? I felt that energy. I felt that, that, felt that prayer, as you just summed it up, that, you know, that, that light. And that was for the first time I felt the power of prayer in my life, and, uh, and it did. It, it calmed me.
1: It's powerful, and, I, and I'm going to quote your book. You said, I felt an unearthly, absolute sense of calmness, as though something yeah. very powerful was with me, calming me down in the middle of a mortal, terrifying hell. That's pretty profound.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I know, but it's true.
0: Yeah.
2: It's absolutely true, you know. You'd think that going through a scenario like that, if somebody had said to me, you know, just just five minutes before what was about to happen to me, I would have just freaked out and said, I can't deal with this, you know. Right. And But I could deal with it because I was feeling this this, uh, sense of something protecting me and something holding, not just that power of prayer, but I felt that there was a – a spiritual energy for the first time in my life that had saved me and yeah. still protecting me.
1: Yeah. And you pretty much, you know, you were kind of sounded like you were a bit in and out when, um, you know, you were laying there and you were looking at the blue sky. You were noticing oh, that the right. sky was blue and you you hadn't made that transition yet, right, into the afterlife. No. You got to the hospital.
2: That's right. It wasn't until I, they they got me uh, somehow off the off the track and uh and they got me on a stretcher and it was yeah cuz it's like it's a, it's quite a drop as you all know and then mm-hmm. uh, they they we sped down down the highway and we we arrived in the hospital and there was a whole team of medics and nurses all waiting for me in the um, emergency department and so I was in there and, and it was all very frantic you know I still thought it's not all over yet because I could hear the fear in the doctors' voices. You know, there was mm. lots of sort of science being tossed away over my head. They're going, they're going, give me an E forty five, give me a forty I, I thought, what? What's one of those? You know, yeah. I thought this doesn't sound good, and I knew at that point also that I was losing copious amounts of blood, and uh, so I think that's what they were fighting against as uh, also. Um, and then you but,
1: said that you kind of just you could you could let go, and yeah. there was that moment when you just let go
2: i did do yeah i yeah. uh, let go and uh, and i was suddenly transport transposed i should say transported or whatever uh, the word and to be taken from all this kind of like sort of like uh high tense sort of atmosphere and all noise and sound and light and to a beautiful darkened space and uh, I, I at first i thought i was in a darkened room but when i say darkened i don't mean a, a a foreboding darkness. It was like a really calm sort of darkness. And I just lay there and I just felt so at peace and all the pain had gone from, from, from me, you know, that had dis- dis- dispersed. And I looked around just to get my bearings. I remember seeing like these, um, pulsating colors. They were like orbs of light that were just slowly pulsating all around me. Mm. So that immediately made me feel calm and, and safe. And, uh, I figured pretty much at that point that I that, that I had died. I thought I hadn't made it. I certainly hadn't made it, and this is it. I've died. But I didn't fight it. I didn't resist it. I know some people do, but in my case, it's not like I wanted to die. But I was quite happy where I was, and it just and I kind of almost wanted to explore it. You know, it's
1: like an overwhelming <laughs> and, uh, sense of peace is what I just you know what I when I was reading your book is what I felt. Like all of a sudden, you just went, "I'm gonna let go." And then you ended up in this space.
2: And yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. You felt that when you were reading.
1: Oh, I did. I,
2: <laughs>
1: I want to go there. Um, but <laughs> <and>
0: <laughs> <You> will <be. laughs>
1: I will be someday. But I, I you know, and then you um, kind of go into um, the beings and the people and the light. You know, David was it almost like a you know from your paintings was like almost felt like it was a nebula like you went through some kind of because the way your light is painted and maybe you could just describe this to the audience. Is there's um you go to David David's site it's um shineonthestory.com there's pictures of your paintings and The the way you've painted the light, like it's a a tunnel, but not a tunnel. It just looks more like a, almost like a, what do I want to say? Sorry. Um,
2: It's It's interesting.
1: Like a, you know, like a time warp. Like if you were going to time travel and you were going to like that. That's yeah. what it
2: felt like to me. Oh, ah, that's interesting. Yeah, I like that. That's, I haven't cool. heard that one before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's good. Um, yeah, well, I didn't see that straight away, actually, that the first thing that I did see was that I was greeted by one being of light and so it, uh, who was in a very sort of, just wearing a very contemporary black t-shirt, just like, you you know, you would see rather than anything too ethereal, you know, and, uh, but this, but this light that was coming from this being was just like, sort of really like glowing from within the skin was like like translucent. And then, and he or she was a very androgynous being uh, had this beautiful white blonde hair. And, Mm. uh, and he or she was just looking at me very calming um, and, Making me feel safe again, and I thought, "I know you, don't I?" I felt like this is yeah. like someone I'd known all my life mm. and beyond, and uh, and I just feel like this person was was basically the keeper of my soul, if you like. And uh, so, so that was the first one I came across. But yeah, but there, there were other beings of light that came in, in, into into play uh, that were that were basically healing me as well. They had their their hands kind of over my body, and uh, mm. and, and there was this. Se- Sense of love that was coming through their hands, and and it was like an energy that I'd never felt before, you know, in my life. And it was, it was like an all-encompassing sort of like um unconditional love that was just coming through from them. Definitely. And and the energy was just was tremendous. It was wonderful. Yeah.
1: It's that and the kind of peace? I I felt a lot of peace while I was reading it too. I mean, I just felt a, an expansive sort of peace that's never ending like eternal peace i guess if you could say something like that
2: yeah yeah, yeah it Beautiful. is again it's not like anything any kind of peace i've ever uh, experienced before either you know i've uh, i've come close to it but no, nothing quite so close as that it's just an, an amazing uh, sensation and, and one that i know that other people have had NDEs will agree with as well yeah it's it,
1: it's amazing the the other thing too that um you talk about is, and I have I haven't heard any other endy ears talk about this waterfall of stars. Like that's why I keep thinking you were like, in, uh-huh. you know, like a nebula, like in 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 like deep 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 into space, but you were. I don't know. It was just. I, I was. Gotta,
2: I was deep into space. Yeah, because I, I, like I said initially, I thought I was in a darkened room, but I realised afterwards that I, that wasn't the case at all. You know, the more um, I started, the more things that started to expand and open up. I realised that I was in the universe itself, yeah. um, because what happened was I. I started to think about my family, and I thought they'd arrived in, in, the, in the emergency department, and they were pretty distressed, obviously, by what had happened. And my mother had been in tears. I thought, oh, they're going to be really upset now because I, I clearly died. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd look over the edge, of because I was lying on what felt like a huge medieval sort of slate rock, uh, which sounds crazy, but it was very, very comfortable. To, to lie on and uh, yeah
1: i was wondering about that too because i just
2: yeah but you <laughs> imagine a,
1: like if you're in a national park like we have yosemite here or something like that and 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 you're going hiking and you lay on a rock and it's just incredible nature splendor and you're looking up at the sky that's the way i
2: pictured you oh so. that's nice yeah that's lovely yeah mm-hmm. yeah well um it, it was it was very comfortable to lie on actually and uh, uh so i while i was lying on this on this slate rock i just thought well the only natural thing to do is to try and look over the edge of it and see if I can see them because I knew that they would be, be below me. So I did look down, and I, I couldn't see them in the hospital at all. But what I did see was the waterfall, the stars that you talked of, yeah. And it was just an awesome sight. It was just like a huge kind of – it was like a massive curve almost. Like it, was, it was like looking at something as – I've never been to Niagara, but I suppose that's the biggest scale I could come close to, you know, if if not bigger. It was just like beautiful vision of millions of stars just just sort of like sort of slowly cascading over the edge and uh, shooting stars just falling through the middle. And I looked down and I thought, wow, this is remarkable, you know, and I was just taking it all in. And, um, And the further I looked, I, I thought I could see down into one galaxy then I could see into another and, and I kept looking at it. it was like looking into infinity basically you know and uh,
1: yeah was- that's what totally what I get from your NDE. It was just it, it was just so different you know with the stars and the light and and I think too because of your paintings you know your 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 paintings are so have so much depth, I guess you could say that they kind of they pull you in this is me so I'm a very visual person (laughs) and and they pull you in it's what I felt I pulled in and then my heart would expand into that painting to be and feel where you were if that makes
0: sense
1: that's how expanded it felt I mean your whole journey felt even in and we're going to get into this after break we're going to break in one minute um that I really want to talk about it's It's in with Joy from the Spiritualist Church. Hmm. There was just such a cadence about where you were going. Even though you didn't know it was a near-death experience, there was movement in your life that was leading you towards something, and God knew you never thought it would be the way it was going to be.
2: Yeah, that's very true. Absolutely true.
1: Joy was like, she was just, she... She's felt like an angel, like an integral Mm -hmm. part of the process that the universe was about to put you through. And why don't we, we'll go to break, and when we get back, we'll kind of talk about that too, okay, David? Yeah, great. All right, thanks so much. We'll be right back.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina Paula are $250. And if you book a three session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. Listening to inspiring end of life conversations. If you have a question for Nina Impala or her guest today, call into our program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to spirit at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program.
1: Okay, and we are back. David Ditchfield and his amazing NDE story, author, composer, artist, many things that he is. So, welcome back, David. And um, I wanted to just, what I got the sense from, and uh, your book is very well written, and there were several people that came into your life before and after the event that had I felt like they were all appointed, Mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. And I felt like Joy was one of them and she was here before. But even the woman on the bus that was going to this event that you decided to go to, I mean, when you think about the divine order, even though it was so horrific, that's what blows my mind. So, Joy um, basically... Why don't you just tell us a little bit about Joy? That's your job.
2: <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Joy. Yeah. Joy. Well, 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 Joy, um, she's, a, she's a, spirit, a spiritual healer that I, yeah. that I met. And uh, I'd come across her. Um, well, yeah, you talked about, first of all, like, I, I'll, I'll talk briefly about how I'd come across her. And that was because, as you talked about, I'd, I'd met somebody on the bus. I was traveling up um to stay with my sister this was like uh, several months or so before the actual accident itself mm-hmm. and um i i was talking to this elderly lady opposite me and she was worried about where where the where their stop was going to be and so i was helping them out and her and her husband were going to see a spiritual healer i mean sorry oh, am I on about to see a, a, medium. a medium and okay. i i and she said, look, this medium is really great. You should come along. She's brilliant. Why don't you come and, and join us? And, you know, and I said, okay, I will do it. But I wasn't really that bothered at all. It wasn't something that entered my my sphere in, yeah. at that point in my life. Totally but new she, for you. Yeah, so totally new for me. But um, yeah. I, for some reason, I, I, once I got up, I'd, I'd gone to visit my sister, and there was a lot of chaos going on over the house at the time. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go. I just got this flyer out of my pocket and an instinct led me there. So I went to this evening where this medium really was brilliant. She she was, the pace was packed out. It was like a small spiritualist church and she was pacing backwards and forwards and stuff. And she was giving people lots of messages, you know, for loved ones who passed on. And again, I wasn't looking for anything because I hadn't actually lost anybody close to me at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she suddenly stopped and she said, Man over there in the blue sweater, um, your life is about to change. I went, okay. And I thought, I'm going to win the lottery, you know, I'm going to get the girlfriend I was after, you know. And uh, and I, I said, oh, right. I said, in what way is it going to change? And she said, they're not telling me. She said, they're just telling me it's going to be big and be ready for it. So, it's a
1: general well, okay. statement,
2: kind of, you know, in a way. <laughs> it was, it was a general statement, but it was one. It was very different than all the other messages that she was oh, giving out that night. Okay. It was inter- the, her delivery and everything was a lot more intense. But okay, there you go. I still went away and didn't think too much of it. But clearly, after I'd had my accident and my NDE, throughout my recovery, I was really keen to try and pl- find this place again where I'd been to I wanted yeah. to track down the medium basically yeah. and, and meet her and talk to her about what had happened and try and unravel a bit more about it or you know so I'd found that the actual church itself just by chance I my I was walking with my sister one day once I was unable uh, to walk out and, in uh, amongst you know the public or whatever you know and uh, and there we found it we stumbled across it by chance I said this is it there's the doorway it was like a very small doorway and I went in, and there was a service going on. And at the end, um, uh, Joy, one of the healers, came over with a few others, and they said, look, we do spiritual healing here. You look like you could do some healing, which I needed very badly at that point. Mm-hmm. So that's how she came into my life. And So I started having spiritual healing. And basically, some of the, the healers there, they're clairvoyant, and they will give messages as well at the end, just short ones, you know, when they've been healing you, and they will say, you know, Certain things, and so joy was very she became like a very uh, uh, she guided me she helped helped me to understand an awful lot of what had happened,
1: yeah, and you know and and in other indie years that I've talked to before all say the same thing, you know it it takes a minute to like pull it all together and being able to voice it and talk about it, and being misunderstood by other people, that's something that is so hard when you're telling somebody something so important to you and they don't believe you you know and so you have to go out and find for yourself I think and that's happened with a lot of my indie years and you had a team of people that just kept coming in and out of your life after the accident to help you it was amazing I know
2: synchronicity is something yeah I I think. Quite a big
1: thing, you know. <laughs> I do too, you know. And I have it's it's the big question, and that I think a lot of people have, David. Maybe you can help us with this. Is you know you kind of you kind of wonder if if there is this plan for our life that no matter what we do, it's going to go that way. And I remember you were talking about um, this to Joy, where um, and she really did it beautifully the way she said that how. The information that came in was there to, their experiences to help us as opposed to putting them into the negative, like it's bad karma, I did something wrong, Mm -hmm. so I got pulled under a train and I didn't know, and if this is all planned, then why try, you know? And I think a lot of people get that in their head, that it's all planned out, my life is all planned out anyways. But how would you describe that? You know, maybe saying that our life's more about these experiences that the universe puts in front of us or, you know, I, it is a big question. If you could shed yeah. light on that. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do oh, understand
2: what you're talking about. It's like so destiny, it's basically, isn't it? As, I guess as well. Is that what you mean? Destiny? Or, or yeah. are you talking about it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like no matter what, this is going to happen. You were going to go under a train when you were X amount of years old and you were going to learn to paint. and you were Exactly.
2: Exactly. Gonna- yeah. It, I mean, yeah, there, there was obviously some predestined uh, in it. With going back, that's why I talked about going to see the medium that night, even though it wasn't a big uh, event in my life at that point. And realizing it, it, it kind of shows that it was predestined, uh, that, yeah. that this was about to happen for me. Now, the way I see it is, is that, yeah, I, I do believe that we kind of, uh, our, our lives are kind of mapped out for us, and we've got like this highway that we're meant to go down. And sometimes, especially in my case before the accident, you know, I was tempted to take, you know, quick roads off to the left or right and think, oh, I'm going to take this road. This one looks good rather than sticking to the the highway that was meant for me and, and ending up in a dead end, you know. And yeah. so I just feel that, you know, my, everything that, you know, people said to me, you know, after the accident, they say, oh, you, God, you, you were unlucky that day. And I said, no, I was lucky that day. I was so lucky. You wouldn't believe it, you know, because, um, um, I, first I survived it, but secondly, I had the most incredible experience was, which was to turn my whole life around and give me one of the greatest things which was, which was self-love and, um, you know, self-confidence to sort of, Really understand my whole authentic self, you know, I think it's it's, very important.
1: I think, yeah. And I think that's one of your big messages to humanity, David, is that, you know, when I I was very moved reading your book, it brought me to tears many times because it made me think of many other people that go through these struggles of losing a job, having addictions, not knowing which way to go, And, and going, what, what, what is this all about? And how come this guy over here is so successful and I'm not, why is my life like this? And it's very important to know, I think within ourselves and self-love to me is, is when you're loving yourself, you're, you're loving your creator. And that's who brought you here to live the life that you have. And your experiences are going to be different than my experiences and, my neighbor's experiences, but it's still a lot. It's still a lot to swallow, you know. When you look at other people's lives and and think what we think, and even thinking about you and going, okay, why did this man have to go through what he went through, you know?
2: Sure. Well, I mean, also, there has to be adversity for for to be any any form of growth for all of us, you know. It's like life cannot be linear, uh, you know. It it can't just continue on on this on this safe sort of uh, haven, you know what I mean? You know, you know when people say, Oh, um, you know, I mean, I don't want to step outside my comfort zone, you know, really, you need to step outside of it to, to really find out all, all the blessings that are there waiting for you, you know? And, yeah. um, so, and that's what happened to me. I feel that, you know, I, I was, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I anything that went wrong in my life before I, I, I was, I, I was looking for the for the nearest kind of quick fix if you like you know like in my case yeah it yeah. was it was drinking too heavily it was like all right, anything that's going wrong I'm, I'm going to take myself down to the nearest bar and find my friends and just drink myself away you know yeah. and,
1: and suppress sort of, you and know suppress
2: when, it yeah, yeah. and not, not exactly suppress it and not yeah. see it through
1: uh, yeah because life can be very very difficult so, if we so transitioning over to when you were l- laying in that hospital bed, and then all of a sudden you're seeing pictures.
2: Yeah. Well, I just decided pretty much straight away. I just come through from from an eight hour operation, and I was in this room on my own. They give me my own room, and I was lay there in the dark, and I suddenly thought, "Wow, that, what has just happened? That's remarkable, you know." And I thought. I was scared at first I was going to forget e- about everything that I'd just been through. And I thought, I've got to tell the whole world about this. You know, oh, I didn't yeah. even know that near-death experiences existed You know, <laughs> at that point. Uh-huh. So I thought, I'm going to paint it. I'm going to do a huge painting. And I just said to myself, I'm going to do like, I'd never done any painting at all like this before in my whole life. But I thought it's going to be like a big Michelangelo. It's got to be like a big Renaissance Italian painting like you see in Rome in the Vatican yes. to really get the story across. And you know what? There was nothing stopping me. There was no sense of, oh, can I do this? You know, I just thought at that point, no, it's got to be done. It doesn't matter. So, yeah, so that's where I got the idea of of, um, putting the first painting together.
1: So you have a very, very good description of this in your book that I totally resonated with. And I couldn't believe you didn't know the movie of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So it's, I, I remember it very well. And I loved the movie. And that sense of he starts building. And, if, and I'm sure that a lot of the audience knows this movie. Is, and that's why I'm so glad you put it in the book because <laughs> he is going insane in his kitchen. And his kids are looking at him like, why is daddy doing with his mashed potatoes? But the mountain he kept seeing, or whatever he saw, you know, in his experience. It had to get out. It it, it it was a feeling that was so insane. It was driving his family crazy and everything. I know because yeah. I've done this too, when I've had really prolific dreams where I've dreamt of the Blessed Virgin Mary or I've seen um, something very extraterrestrial. I've had those dreams before. And the first thing I do do is get up and start writing. I don't want to lose it. Yeah. And that's when I believe that we have had something very profound. In, that has been put inside of us that needs to be expressed and put out which oh my god you know your paintings are unbelievable
2: you know oh th- thank you thanks so much honestly uh, it's it's do you know what it's it's amazing because i realized as i started painting was that i was what i call channeling i channeled through ideas that were coming through from this other place i been, been, because I still felt i got this connection there. I've got this energy that was still coming through from it. Yeah. And I knew that I was being helped. So it's like I was being given like this crash course in like how to paint, how to bring colors out, how to bring light to skin and all these different things, you know. So there in all a- fairness, I would, I would stand back myself each day and I go, wow. This is great you know I was a fan of my own work it was it amazing you know because I That'd I knew so i was been helped I didn't feel it was all me I didn't feel that I still don't I still look at them and I think that I didn't just do those. I, it's not on me on on that canvas it's yeah. definitely help has come from somewhere else yeah
1: You know and that someplace else is your divinity our divine being you know i and that that's I mean, you may not feel that way but i always just feel like you know nina is stuffed inside this human body especially when i have certain dreams or i'm giving somebody healing and the things that they're telling me i'm like where is that coming from you know yeah but i think it's our divine self your symphony is called the divine light was that that's right? right yeah yeah
2: so yeah so that came up afterwards um And it's 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 named after the the light that you talked about actually in the paintings at the beginning. Oh, uh, tell me that you'd seen, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically. Uh, it was at one stage in, of the near-death experience that I, I'd suddenly felt this energy of, of of love that I talked about earlier. It's it's like the, somebody had turned the dial up like tenfold, and I thought, wow, where's this energy coming from? So I looked, and just beyond my feet, I could see this huge tunnel of white light that was just closing in on me. Mm. And the the energy coming from that pure white light was just so beautiful and very powerful. And it was making almost every single part of my body shake or in a beautiful way, you know, and uh, vibrate, I should say. And then I just, just, around it were all these flames that were slowly rotating around. It was very powerful, but it didn't in any way frighten me. It just looked really awe-inspiring. So that, I knew straight away that what I was looking at was uh, the source of all creation, You know, this is God. This is this is this is not this guy up on on the ceiling of the Vatican again. You know, with the beard or whatever faith you may follow, who's not is normally in human form or whatever. This is this is it. It's this tunnel of white light. And so I thought. So my symphony um, it was is called the Divine Light, which is that is that light. So yeah.
1: I listened to the um, first, well, I got to the first and second movement and uh, I couldn't find the the, the uh, last movement which I definitely want to listen oh, to. No. Oh no.
2: I don't know oh. why I was
1: uh, I yeah just just you know. <laughs> but I will tell you that the the first movement to me was the the expansive, that's what I felt. I My eyes were closed. I was listening to it. And my body, my heart, my being started to expand and feel this massive place. I felt that. Yeah. And the really. stars and the whole thing, I just allowed myself to just kind of connect with you and do that. And the second movement felt like the journey itself. Like yeah. everything's beginning to like, Happened Like when you, maybe the first part was on the slab and you're looking around and you're feeling the That's stars it, yeah. and yeah. And the light and it <laughs> was in that moment. And then, then when I was listening to the second movement, I thought, okay, he's on the journey now where he's at, you know, and it was quite That's beautiful.
2: Absolutely right.
1: When that started to come through, David, mm. what, were you laying in bed? I mean, what did that, were you just in the grocery yeah. store? I mean, how did that start <laughs>
2: to begin? Well, it came about because, again, going back to the spiritual healing, you know, um, I was getting messages through. And I, they kept coming each week for a while saying, they're saying, oh, the, they're telling us that you're going to uh, write some music about your experience. So, uh-huh. And I thought, okay. So I, I thought that meant I was, I was going to sit down. I used to play guitar, but very badly. <laughs> I couldn't do that anymore anyhow because my no mind- No comparison to your busted. symphony, mister. Nothing <laughs> whatsoever, I can tell you now. No yeah. one who can play guitar is badly than that. Yeah. could possibly write a symphony. And uh, so anyhow, um, I'd got this old cheap synthesizer uh, that was like in the bottom of the cupboard a while. And I got that out and I thought I would try and write what I thought would be a song on that about my near-death experience. And it wasn't happening funny enough. It wasn't coming through like the paintings. Then one afternoon, I was just watching this old movie on the TV and uh, this chord progression came through. And yeah. I thought, oh, I like that. I just I didn't know where it came from. I wasn't even thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. I wasn't even trying. Mm-hmm. And I all I got was an old cassette recorder and I recorded those first few bars on that. And then I just developed it up. And my brother turned around and said, Look, I've got this um software package that you can have and you can attach it to your computer. And when you play the notes in because I can't read or write any notation. That of was music brilliant, Ian.
1: Yes. When I read yes, that I was like, Oh yay. yeah, yeah. Yay for David. <laughs> yeah, I was so happy. <laughs>
2: So that was it. So he said, you know, there you go. And he said, and and it will, it will transpose into uh, musical notation. So that's what I did. And I, again, synchronicity, um, some friends of my sisters had had allowed me to do all these paintings I was doing in their yoga Pilates center uh, that, And they gave me this room up in the attic, you know, and it was like a studio space. And I just worked there for free for two years. I didn't charge because it was just lovely being there, you know. And uh, I used to get people coming up when they were coming in to have yoga and look at my paintings and they'd ask the story. And one of them was a cello player. And she said, I love your work. And we became friends. And then she said, we met for coffee one day. She says, what are you have turned?" And I said, oh, I'm writing this piece of music. And I said, it sounds like it should be played by an orchestra. And she said, Oh, maybe we'll do it. Yeah, maybe we could perform it one day and laughed. And I thought, I'm <laughs> going to hold you to that. And so yeah. I did. And I thought, again, that same ambition and drive that I had in the hospital about when I said I wanted to do it be Michelangelo style painting the same with this, I thought, right, I want this to be performed by an orchestra. And so, um, she, I met, and I said, "Look, I've got some score. Do you remember that conversation we had?" She said, "Okay, I'll, um, I'll talk to the orchestra." So they met me, and uh, they looked at the score, and they went, "Yeah, okay, we'll do it." So they, they performed it.
1: You must and have just uh, been like, you know, is this really happening? And in, yeah. I'm going to quote something else from your book. Um, Please, is yeah. where it says, "It was though it was breathed inside my head like a ghostly whisper coming from forward." coming forward from a distant land, crossing a strange, imperceptible border to fall somewhere inside the deepest part of my awareness. A phrase of music, I was sure of it. That was so
2: beautiful. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. It was just uh, it's, because I it felt be- like a... Sorry? Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Well, then just, to be saying those words to that girl um, and, you know, well, yeah, maybe we'll think about it. I mean, you must have been sitting there being very surreal going, okay, I'm talking about a symphony that I'm composing and then an orchestra might be playing, you know?
2: <laughs> Crazy. Well, it was just, um, I mean, I can remember walking into the rehearsal, the very first rehearsal, you know, and uh, yeah, of course I was apprehensive because when you walking into an orchestra is a very sort of like um, – you know, they're very highly educated, a very middle class sort of uh, arena, you know, and I'm walking yeah. in there and I'm a working class guy with, with no, no knowledge at all or background right. on classical music. And I thought, whoa, <laughs> and, uh, and they're all sat there, you know, and the, and the conductor turned around and said, oh, here's the composers here. And I went, oh, composer, you know, and they said, David, would you like to say a few words? And I said, oh, no, 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 I, I, tr- I bottled it. And he said, come on. So just, just a few words. So I did. And once I started talking about it, it's like because I was talking about my experience, I suddenly found this voice came through. And I didn't realize it was there. And everyone was listening and everyone was captivated. It was beautiful. But it was an amazing moment just hearing those um, first few chords that I talked about that I played on that synthesizer that afternoon. Yeah suddenly play by an orchestra and it's like a it's like a three-dimensional event you know it's just like wow it just fills the air and it fills your heart and it and just as you talked about that goes. it it really is it's it's a wonderful i would recommend it's, it to anyone
1: yeah it, it, it totally <laughs> makes you disappear and the fact of knowing where it came from you know i just feel very um a lot of gratitude i would say that i was able yeah. to listen to it and share in your experience and you know david i really feel like that's that's what your n- near death experience has been for humanity and it needs to be out there because it brings in you no know, let's say this you're sharing In a very profound way through your paintings, through your musics, and even through all of your interviews, because there's a lot on your website too, that we get to share in it. You're you're, you're like, here, this is what I experienced and I, I want you to know that your divine being has a purpose and is loved more than you can imagine.
2: Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's lovely.
1: People need to uh, know that.
2: I really, well, I, I hope so, you know, because it's it just, um, it's the whole thing again, like I talked about earlier, is has been totally authentic for me, you know, right from the off, right from the paintings, the music, and now with the, with the book and with, with the spoken word, talking to people like yourself, that it's like there's no sort of game sort of plan or anything like that there's no sort of grand scheme of like yeah let's let's get it to this stage and we'll then we'll do this next it's like it's all just evolving and and it's coming from within like you talked about earlier that sort of inner voice that real voice that 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 it's you you, it's your soul talking and and it's my soul talking and, and if it's talking to people and people are resonating with it I just feel it just really it feels better than anything it just, it's 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 a wonderful feeling so if, yeah. if I am resonating with people and it and it is helping in any way it's fantastic to know you know
1: Oh yeah because I mean I really believe that we're all so um deeply connected to one another we really are yeah. and we're here to help everybody you know and I I, it's something that i that's just a, a rule in my life. You know, I'm here to help people. I'm here to bring in the light and the expansion of you. you really are more than just this body on earth, way, way more. And we have to yeah. be reminded of that. And um and that we 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 are gonna die. We're gonna die. Yes, everybody's gonna die. And yeah. that's the most important thing about the show and then knowing, it's like you were talking about your own mom just passed not long ago and my mom's passed too. And the 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 hardest part for me, I knew where she was going, I really connected with her and stuff, is being on the earth without them. It's just a weird yeah. feeling being without your mom and dad.
2: And it, it is, yeah.
1: Yeah. Sorry. And you but you know where she is. I know mm. where my mom is too, but it doesn't stop me from feeling sad and missing our relationship on earth you know it's a weird kind of feeling
2: but it helps an awful lot to know though doesn't it i mean it's just one thing i realize now since like i said before i never even thought about death before it didn't even come into my mindset you know i was just living my life day by day but now i kind of figure we don't talk about death enough in Western civilization we haven't done since since the the days of the bubonic plague or whatever you know but it's, it's like um it, we, I'm not saying we should be chatting about it, you know, sort of over our morning coffee each day. But I mean, we, but we should. We we talk about everything else. We talk about you know when we're taking it, when we learn to drive before we take our tests, We have lessons, you know. We read books, you know, when we're getting married or or giving giving birth or whatever. We prepare for everything, but we don't prepare for the event that's going to come to us all at some point. And
1: Precisely, it's, that's so right. It's, yeah. That's why I have this show.
2: I yeah, that. I know. I know. I, yeah. So, I'm, just, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm telling you exactly. That.
1: No, no, no. Actually, <laughs> what, what, I've said who, exactly what you, what you said. And I like the driving test one. That's really good. I always talk about, you know, when you're going to have a baby. I mean, it's just so, to me, it's it's, you can live a better life when you know your purpose, you know your divinity. You go out into the world and you live like that. You yeah. talk a lot about signs in your book. I'm like that. My soon to be hubby's like that. We always say, God willing, or oh, we'll have a sign. We live that way.
2: Yes, great. Because it's the best way to live. It
1: it's, is. It's you, right. You we know? get <laughs> into the future.
2: Yeah.
1: You've created a story of something you don't even know about yet. And it's not true. Yeah. You know, especially exactly. the fearful stuff.
2: You know? Most certainly. Yeah. It's go <laughs> on. It is say thought.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. I just took this big breath. Well, the other the other beautiful gift I I believe that it was important for me to read it too and um, had to do with one of your family members. It's, It's like knowing that we're enough. And, you know, a lot of us with our siblings, one sibling's doing this, the other sibling's doing that. Well, my life doesn't look like that, but we look for approval. I've done it myself, you know, from your siblings. And you want them to know that you're smart, to know that you can do something or whatever yeah. and one of the big ahas that you had was with your brother you didn't need him to believe the story but you knew that he loved you and cared about you and your well-being and I yeah. think that was an important message because I think sometimes we want people to understand us a certain way and when we don't have that we we tend to seek approval for it which kind of gets messy
2: yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's it. You know, we we all get stuck in, in these kind of. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. You know, it, it's it's uh, like a a mold. Well, we get stuck right. in a mold in, in in terms of like you know th- this is how I I see my brother, and this is how my brother sees me, and and it's very hard to shift those gears. You know, when yes. when you're siblings, yep, uh, as it were, and, and get out of that kind of. <laughs> so, and that was. So,
1: it was one of your gifts that you received, you know, is, yes. and, and would yeah. you say that went with the self-love David learning?
2: Um, totally. Yeah. That, that very much went with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, I mean, I will say that an awful lot of the self-love was given to me in the actual near death experience itself. When I said that I was six, the, the healers that were giving me the, the, the power of that energy, of that love coming through their hands. Oh. It was just tremendous. I mean, i Figured at that point, I thought they're not actually just healing the wounds of my body; they're they're more. They're healing all the years of of pain that my soul had endured. They were healing my soul, and that's exactly what was going on. And that healing has like stayed with me. You know, it's just like (laughs) it was just uh, it helped me to sort of. uh, hit the mm-hmm. ground uh, running a bit, you know.
1: Are you able to, like, when you're maybe, you know, because you're living life here, and when things get frustrating and stuff, are you able to, um, I guess, recall it, so to speak, where you just kind of take a deep breath, you sit for a minute and you call it in, or is it just kind of there all the time for you, David?
2: It's it's very much a part of my life, actually. Yeah, it always has been. It's, it's never really kind of uh, di- disappeared. Um, I mean, one... I still go to spiritual healing. Well, I can't at the moment because of the the whole COVID scenario. So we can't actually have the healing groups. But up until that point, I was still going uh, once a week. And for me, it wasn't just a case of going for actual healing physically, what have now? It was more, that was like my church, if you like, I yeah. I go along and I, and I would connect with, with that place that I'd been. And that's the closest I come. When I have that spiritual healing, I go into the moment again, and I'm and I'm as close as I can get to that that feeling, and 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 my guides and, and the universe itself and my maker. You know, I felt, you know I very much feel a, a strong energy force when that happens. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd highly recommend it. You yeah, know, spiritual healing is brilliant. It's just like it's not very big in this country, and it should be. You know, people to go go to meditation groups and yoga and pilates, which is great. You know, but I think people are scared of the word. I think it's a, there's a stigma to the word spiritual and spirituality and people kind of think, oh, you know.
1: Yeah. They get a little so, weird about it and stuff. Yep. California yeah. though, we're, I live in San Diego and uh, there's a, so many, what we call, I consider myself a spiritual person and a healer. And it there it's very, it's big here in California. Right. They call it the state of fruit right. and nuts. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, it's, it's, we, we, it, it's, it's just California, and I'm grateful for it because it's, it's a big part of my life. I couldn't live without doing healings or things that I do. And yeah. We have a couple of spiritual churches here, and I think all of them pretty much give readings and things like that where yeah. you've got people that are Reiki healers. And I, I agree with you 100% because sometimes it, it, it's hard to do by yourself you know it's, and uh, for people yeah that when someone places their hands on you and has that healing ab- ability it brings you into spirit and into your divine being you know it's very different than just going going to church but getting a healing is it's And when you, let me just say, this is joy in your book. She sounded like a very good healer. I mean, she was really in tune. She's
2: very powerful. She
1: had (laughs) such beautiful words for you for when you were, you know, trying to find the answers that she was, she would kind of give you a question with a question to kind of, you know, toggle your brain a little bit and go, you know.
2: Yes. yes, She was very important.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) I mean, mean, go ahead.
2: I I just that the one thing is you do you don't realize when you first come back when you've had a near death experience you come back and you feel like you you're geared with all this incredible knowledge and, and warmth and love that you just want to give it out to the world you know yeah. and of course the world doesn't operate like that you know no. societies don't yeah. operate like that and I wasn't geared for that I hadn't got any armor to protect me and so she helped give me that armor to try and sort of just say look you know just. You know, and to help ground me and, and that's what spiritual healing does as well. That's one other thing that I, I as soon as I sit down and I the healers put their hands on me, I just feel the energy coming right up from the earth. It's like whoa. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I always say it's, it's like being plugged into the mains, you know, and charging yeah. my batteries. Oh,
1: the, it makes you know. me want to go get a healing. I I, I <laughs> healing to other people, but I don't have one for me, so I need to find one because it I you know, I can recall it when you talk about it. I can recall it and what that feels like, you know, and it's it's so beautiful.
2: Well, they're calling in their guides, you know, they're calling in the energy from above, you know, because they're feeling it as well. When we finish the healing, you know, there's normally two guys working on me and we just sit there. We don't talk for two minutes because we're like, wow, you know, <laughs> oh, it's, it's like a- that energy of light's gone through like a circuit of motion through all of us. And then it's like, it's, it's, that's how strong it is.
1: And a sense of beautiful, incredible peace. We totally. have gotten almost to the close of the show. We've got sure. just a couple minutes left, sir. And I really want you to talk about where people can find you, your book, your music. What are you doing right now and stuff? Because your message needs to get out there. So sure, oh, thank fire you.
2: away. Well, okay. Well, my book is called Shine On. And so you can get that. Basically, if you go to all your Amazon outlets throughout the whole world, basically, it's available. And Just click in, shine on, and my name, David Ditchfield. Um, But if you want to really find, I suppose the best thing is to go to my website, which is like the main hub, uh, which is uh, shineonthestory.com. And if you go there, you'll find links to... You can listen to the symphony that we we're just talking about. You can stream uh, uh, all three movements for free oh, on okay, there, and you can and you oh, can look it. Oh no, we we can chat later about. Okay. And, yeah, <laughs> but oh, I was just worried that you, you hadn't heard it. I'll, I'll make sure you get that three that third okay, uh, movement. And uh, but. Um, And all the paintings as well, the paintings are on my website and all the interviews, you know, I just kind of rotate them around interviews and you can look at those. And there's also links to my social media on on there as well because I've got like um, Instagram, Twitter and a Facebook page and stuff like that.
1: So Basically, yeah. If you uh, Google David Ditchfield, uh, you will find so much. Um, There's a lot of videos. There's artwork. There's music and the book. Please read this book. It's life-changing. It was for me. And if you saw my little, it's marked up like a a school book from college. (laughs) Tons of notes. So, it's just been my pleasure, David, to… Mine too. You. Thank <laughs> you so much for your beautiful gifts and for sharing them with the world. I'm going to help you with that in any way that I can. Thank and you so much. You're yeah. welcome. I, I wish you the best, my friend. Thanks for being on. too,
2: Nina. Okay.
1: Take good care. Take care. So thank you for joining us uh, for another incredible episode with Mr. David Ditchfield on inspiring end of life conversations. I wish you all well, stay peaceful out there Listen to David's music. It's, it's You can put it on, put your headphones on, and just disappear for a little bit and uh, center yourself, ground yourself, because we're all going through a lot right now. So take good care. Peace. Have a great rest of your week. Bye-bye.
0: We hope you have found hope in this week's edition of Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. Please join your host, Nina Impala, for another program next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again soon.